You are listening to the Piedmont Church Podcast. To learn more about Piedmont Church, including our gathering times in Macon, you can visit us online at piedmontchurch.net. Good morning, everybody. Great to see you here. Pastor Chris, thank you for the invitation. I guess he's already, would you pass that along to him? And I appreciate that so much. Uh, we're going to need some counseling for your son that he embarrassed badly, but that's going to work fine. Uh, it's good to be back with you all. It feels like uh, home. Uh, I know so many of you, uh, of course, I've been around a while, and uh, you're bound to know a lot of people when that happens. Uh, this is a sweet church. Uh, I enjoyed the just when I walked in, uh, I just sensed that there's a, uh, the Spirit of the Lord here. And uh, I love that this church, over the years as I have known you, uh, has a real heart for Macon and Middle Georgia. I love what they're doing for uh, a business in the area. Uh, I love that uh, this church uh, ministers on mission trips, but locally as well. And that's where missions really begin. So I, I commend you all for that. It's good to, good to be here with you. I'm glad my wife, Cynthia, was able to join me. Cynthia, stand up over there if you don't mind. Oh, why don't you just raise your hand so they'll know. I'll hear about that at lunch. We've been married 54 years, and she is the love, she is the love of my life. Yeah, in, indeed. Um, it's good being back. Uh, I'm going to be talking to you about Psalm 23. I think you guys have been studying from the book of Psalms the last two Sundays and then again next week uh, as well. And I'm going to have the privilege of speaking to you about from the 23rd Psalm. The point of uh, the 23rd Psalm uh, is for us to ultimately find comfort uh, in times of crisis and difficulty. So uh, before we go any farther, uh, let's bow our heads for prayer. Father. Uh, I thank you that uh, we have the privilege of being here today. Lord, I pray that as we study from the Old Testament book of Psalms, that we would ultimately fix our eyes on Jesus, uh, who, who, who created us, who redeemed us from our sins, and who gave us the hope of eternal life through Christ. So, Lord, I'm so grateful for him. I'm grateful for this church and this time where we can uh, spend time together in your word. It's in Christ's name that I pray. Amen. My prayer all week uh, has been that this would be a meaningful and life-changing morning for you and for me. Uh, I want you to be informed about what Psalm 23 is about. But ultimately, I want us, when we leave here in a little while, at some level, to be transformed. Uh, that has been my prayer. Uh, now, as, as we jump into this, there are some phrases, some lines, there are paragraphs in Scripture that are so familiar to us. And the 23rd Psalm is one of those for me, where we have read it often, we have heard it taught, uh, we may be able to recite it from memory. But sometimes verses or passages or chapters get so familiar that we just kind of speak them and they become almost like empty words without any real meaning. And that's especially true in the book of Psalms, I have found, where some of our most meaningful and familiar verses are, are located. 
but it's also beyond Psalms, uh, both in the New Testament as well as in the Old. I want to try something. I, I've debated about whether or not I ought to do this, and I guess I want to, I want to try it. Just to show you, just to demonstrate how we remember some things that are familiar to us. Uh, I'm going to say the first part of a phrase. Uh, I'm going to say it, and then I'll just motion for you to complete that if you would. Just go with, just humor me on this if you don't mind, okay? This just shows us how we remember something that is familiar. Complete the, the phrase. Our Father who art in heaven. Yeah, very, very good. King, you may get your Bible you, just to follow along with what we're doing. <laughs> uh, amazing grace, how sweet the sound. King, this is for you. Base hit to left. Here comes Bream. Throw to the plate. He's safe. Skip care. Braves win. Braves win. Braves win. I was doing that one for you, and I thought you would really come through for me, and you just sat there. <laughs> How about, for God so loved the world, gave his only begotten son. Well done. The Lord's Prayer. Here's another one, King. I guess you say, what can make me feel this way? My girl. That was just for you and you quit on me. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. It went better than I was thinking it might. The point is this. Some things are familiar. Some things are too familiar. But there are certain phrases songs, verses, whatever, that are so memorable, so powerful, so deep and profound and meaningful that when we recite them, it's like we're experiencing them for the very first time. And I hope when you leave in just a little while that Psalm 23 will be that for you. Because for most of us, many of us, starting with me, it, it sometimes gets to be rote and just, it doesn't have the meaning that it, that it really ought to. I hope the Lord's Prayer is an example of something biblical that is both familiar, but it is also stirring and it is meaningful. Sadly, uh, sometimes when we pray the Lord's Prayer, it's just like we're just giving words before we play a ball game or something. Sadly, when we pray it, our Father who art in heaven, sometimes we're just speaking words. I hope that when we leave in a little while, I want the 23rd Psalm to resonate with you about God being the good shepherd. And for us, we are his sheep and how much we need him. The point is this. In the 23rd Psalm, if we aren't careful, it may have become so familiar that we fail to recognize or remember the beauty of this passage. David wrote it in 1400 B.C. The truth that is found here and the comfort that you and I can get during times of crisis. Today, let's look at a shepherd and his responsibility to his sheep. And we're going to go way beyond that. God wants us to know some things about being his children, about being his followers. And you're probably thinking, well, like what? I've learned some context about shepherds and sheep 
And there's some lessons here for us. A biblical scholar once said in Psalm 23, there's the picture and the mention of a green pasture, the, the calm, still waters where he can minister to us. He said, this song of David can restore your soul. And I've got to tell you, there are many times in my life where I need my soul restored. And you're probably the same way. To me, one reason that I love Psalm 23 is because it is so personal. In fact, the 23rd Psalm is the most personal of all of David's writings. There are no references to, to, to we and us and ours. The references are to me and mine and I. Please stand, if you will, as I read the 23rd Psalm. And just follow along with me, if you don't mind. And listen to the number of personal pronouns here. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Please be seated. So what's the purpose of the Psalms, the 23rd Psalm and all the rest of the Psalms? We learn about the importance of prayer. We acknowledge that we have struggles and pain. We see the power uh, of offering praise to the Lord and even the fulfillment of Old Testament prophecy. And we find all of that in Psalms. The book of Psalms is something of a prayer book for God's people, for you and me. So what about the Psalms? You've been studying that the last couple of Sundays. It's 150 chapters. It's the longest book in the Bible. Psalm 119 is the longest chapter. It's obviously the book that when you open it in the middle, there you find Psalms. And, and Psalms itself translates as a sacred song or a hymn. The major writer of Psalms was David, who wrote 73 of the 150. The book of Psalms is an important book because it tells about the greatness of God. The Psalms affirm His faithfulness to us in times of trouble. The Psalms remind us about the significance, the importance of what God says. And here's why it's important. Because the Bible is the Word of God, and that should make it important to us because we want to know what He tells us to do. This morning, I want to look at our lives regarding the importance of Psalm 23. The title of the message is Comfort in Times of Crisis. The 23rd Psalm is David's testimony. It describes his personal experience with God. I use this passage in almost every, I do a lot of funerals, 
at almost every funeral where I speak. And I use it because it is so meaningful to us as believers, as followers of Jesus. Because it covers all of our lives. It speaks to families at so many levels. It can be soothing to our wounded, mournful, grieving souls during hard times or death. And it has the capacity to bring comfort to us because it says, He is with us. Psalm 23 also deals with dark valleys of death. And it deals with our enemies and those who are in opposition to us and to the cause of Christ and to the Lord. Let's be honest. All of us will encounter struggles and hardships in this life. And that's why the 23rd Psalm speaks so deeply to me. But it also speaks about just the the beauty of life and of God's creation. The green pastures, the still waters where God restores our soul. I think this is what I love most about Psalm 23. It comforts us. And it gives us confidence in the God who made us. It reminds us how good he is and how powerful our God is, both in life and even in death. Psalm 23, 1, David describes it this way. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. A shepherd, you know this already, but you're going to hear it again. The shepherd was the one who cared for the sheep. And they heard his voice. And they responded in kind. The shepherd is concerned about the welfare and the safety of those animals that are under his care. And back in those days, there were only guys who were taking care of those sheep. Here in this passage, David is writing out of his own experience Because he had spent his early years, as you know, as a shepherd boy, watching over the sheep. About sheep, they are not smart animals. They're completely dependent on their shepherd. The shepherd provides for them with water and food. The shepherd guides the sheep where they will go for water and a better pasture. And the shepherd protects them where there are animals that would do them harm. Predators who would feast on them if they were left unprotected. In the Old Testament and in Psalms is where David writes about God and how he is the good shepherd. The New Testament calls Jesus the good shepherd, the great shepherd, the chief shepherd. And because he is our good shepherd, there is nothing that we need or want. As Jesus is the good shepherd, so are we his sheep. And because he is our shepherd, we are to follow him. Because he has our best interest at heart. Historically, sheep are easily frightened, passive animals. They weren't in the top percentile when it came to animal IQs. They were known to wander too close to rushing waters and then would be swept downstream and drowned. They were notorious about wandering away from the flock as they searched for grass. 
and could easily be killed by predators. The purpose of a teenage shepherd was to protect the flock and to keep them safe. Sheep were raised for two reasons, wool for clothing and meat. By the way, a, a, young, a young sheep, is the, the meat is lamb. The adult sheep, it is mutton. And that you will need that when you watch Jeopardy at some point. <laughs> sheep meant money to the shepherd or to whomever owned the flock. So it was important that the shepherd did his job and did it well. And here's the point. We as Christians, as followers of Jesus, have been called to be obedient followers who are wise enough to follow the one who will lead us in the right places, in the right ways, at the right times. And like with the sheep, and they're good shepherds. We as Christians have all we need from our good shepherd, who is Christ. The 23rd Psalm doesn't focus so much on the animal-like qualities of sheep. David's emphasis, emphasis as he wrote this is on the discipleship qualities of those who follow God. And here's the deal. When we recognize God as the good shepherd then we will be wise to follow him. In uh, Psalm 23, verses 2 and 3, it says, He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. When we allow the good shepherd to guide us, we will ultimately have contentment. But when we choose to reject our shepherd's care, when we choose sin over following him, or when we go our own way, hear me, we can't blame God for the mess that we find ourselves in. We probably all know folks who have done just that. Maybe it was even us. Listen, people often go where they want do as they please, and then blame God when they wind up in places that they had never intended on going and doing things that will take them in some really bad directions. That's what happens when we disregard the direction of the Good Shepherd who calls us, listen, who calls us to follow Him. The results of going our own way are seldom good. So may we not blame God. That's on us. Our good shepherd, listen, knows the green pastures. And he knows the quiet, still waters. And they will restore our souls. I don't know what your green pasture is. It wouldn't be the same probably as that of a sheep. Or the still water. I don't know. Your green pasture might be in your den. Which is comfortable. And where you get alone with God. It may be out in your garden. For me, it is out in my garden. Where I just have time to think. And pray. And seek God. Maybe it's at the lake. Maybe it's in the mountain. Maybe it's in your vehicle. 
just where you can turn it off and just spend time alone with Him. Those may be your green pastures and your still waters. And that's where you get your soul restored. We don't go to those places by turning away from God and going our own ways. We reach them by obediently following Him. When literal sheep ignore the voice of their shepherd, they often become the main source of dinner for wolves, coyotes, and bears. When we, when we rebel against the good shepherd's leading, when we ignore what the Bible tells us and warns us about, when we choose to go our own way as opposed to hearing his wise counsel, or when we trust and choose our wants and our desires instead of following the still small voice of the Holy Spirit who wants to speak to us, then we're rebelling against what is best for us. So, when we're tempted to go our own way, rather than following the Good Shepherd's direction, then remember that you're rebelling against God and His best interest for you. In verse 4, it says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Death casts a large, ominous, scary shadow over us. And we are entirely helpless in the, in the presence of death. And if you've ever been to a Christian funeral, it's likely that you have heard this very psalm read. Donald, Dr. Donald Gray Barnhouse was the pastor of 10th Presbyterian Church in Philadelphia. He related this story after his first wife's death. He was with his children. They had been to their mother's funeral. And he was driving them home. Dr. Barnhouse said that uh, he was trying to think of some words that he could give to comfort his children who were grieving the loss of their mother. And just then, a huge moving van passed them, and as it passed, the truck cast a huge dark shadow over the car that they were in. Inspiration came to Dr. Barnhouse, and he said, children, would you rather be run over by a large truck or by its shadow? Children said, that's easy. We'd much, be, much rather be run over by the shadow. The shadow can't hurt us, but the truck can. And Dr. Barnhouse said, did you know that over 2,000 years ago, the truck of death, in his words, death ran over the Lord Jesus. But now, now, only the shadow can run over us. And we can deal with that. That's not eternal death. David really believed what he wrote about God. As I think about these words that David wrote, it's way more than just poetry. It's m way more than just literary exaggeration or some theoretical theology. David, the author who wrote the 23rd Psalm, he experienced God in so many ways. He heard God's voice. 
David followed God's leading, and he felt God's care and his presence. So David wrote what was very real to him. Beyond those words, David has some, had some solid convictions that were formed in what one writer called, I love this, the crucible of crisis that he experienced. The reason we can know that these things are true about David, uh, who, by the way, wrote this book over a thousand years ago before Christ, was because he left us the answers to what we need in Psalm 23, in verse 1. Notice that in the first three verses, that David refers to God in a couple of ways. He says, the Lord, the Lord is my shepherd. And then he starts speaking about God as he. He makes me lie down. He leads me. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness. In verse 4 and 5, David kind of shifts the narrative. And then he begins to talk about God as you. He says, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. I think it's interesting that David shifted the way he was talking both to and about God. He started out using he as he makes me, he leads me, he restores, and so forth. And then he talks to God. You are with me, you, your rod and your staff. You may not care about that grammatically, and I get it, but I want to tell you something that's important. Here's what happened. David felt the shadows closing in. Then he tells who God is, and then he tells what God has done. He is pouring out his heart to the Father, to his shepherd. He is a sheep, and the Lord is his shepherd. Verse 4 describes the crisis points in David's life. And when, when he did, something deep, hear this, something deep and intimate happened between David and God. And that brings, it, brings us to, to us. Have you ever noticed that at times, uh, sometimes we're more prone to talk about God? When maybe when things are going well and uh, he's kind of led us into green pastures, if you will. And, and we, we talk about him and praise him and speak to others about that. God is great and God is good. I find sometimes myself more prone to talk to God when I'm in a deep, dark valley or I'm in a dangerous ravine and we're dealing with death or illness or cancer or children gone wild or something else along those lines. In the light where things are good and bright and we are prone to then when sometimes we get prone to wander off in pursuit of something else or greener grass or do things our own way if we aren't careful. But in the dark, when, when times are difficult, that's when I want, I want to hug God around the knees and just have him pat me on the head and, and love me and express that love and care for me. I want him to reaffirm himself to me. And that's, that's when I, I, I'm speaking to him. 
not just about him. Two years ago, you'll pardon this personal deal here, a, a black stray kitten about two weeks old showed up at our house in the country. Uh, we'd never had a cat, but Cynthia fed him, so we do now. <laughs> we named him Billy in memory of my dad, but we're not cat people, let the record show. Billy has free run of our property. He doesn't come when we call him. Uh, when we talk, he looks the other way. All he does is eat, sleep, and do as he pleases. But Billy likes it when I'll sit in a chair on the porch, and he'll jump up in my lap, and I'll scratch his little head. And he loves me for doing that, but he doesn't really want me to know it. Billy's scared of bad weather. Billy whines and cries and meows when there's lightning and thunder and a storm is outside. So I'll go out and uh, sit in the chair and I know he'll come and jump in my lap and bury his head under my elbow. Then I pat him and scratch him and uh, speak softly, assuring him that he will be fine. I normally give Billy two options in a storm. One, I can turn on the lights and put him in the carport with plenty of food and water where I know he will be safe from the storm. Or, even though it's dark outside, maybe even night, and a storm is raging, the other option is I'll let him sit in my lap as long as it's storming. Guess which one he chooses? With him, it's to heck with the lights on and staying in a safe carport. Billy chooses to be in my presence, in my lap, even if it's a very dark day. He chooses a person, he chooses me in the dark over being alone inside with the light on. Isn't that what we really want the most when we're in the valley? We want, we need the assurance that someone who is God's Holy Spirit, we want the assurance that someone is there with us. As followers of Christ, there is no valley, no matter how dark, that we will go through by ourselves. I hope you thought amen when I said that. As followers of Christ, there is no valley, no matter how dark, that we will go through by ourselves. Both the Old Testament and the New Testament tell us that He, our Heavenly Father, our Good Shepherd, will not leave us nor forsake us. Paul wrote, We know that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. Listen, the valley isn't always good, but the shepherd is. He knows the way. He is with us. He is with us at all times. He knows the way, and his reputation is sterling. May we, as his sheep, choose to follow and obey him. Let us bow our heads. Father, I thank you for the truth of your word. Lord, I would ask you in your son's name to comfort us in times of crisis. 
Lord, I pray that we would fix our eyes on you as our good shepherd because we know that you are faithful to us. Lord, thank you for the truths that we glean from the 23rd Psalm. So, Lord, I pray now that if there are decisions that need to be made, that, they would, that, that people would make them. Lord, I pray that uh, we would remember your faithfulness and your goodness to us during all things. It's in Christ's holy name that I pray. Amen.